from Preservation Maryland Studios in the historic podcast district of Baltimore, this is PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. This is also our 101st episode, and we're changing the format slightly today to offer a brief retrospective on what we've learned about ourselves and preservation over these past 100 episodes, and to talk to you about where we're headed moving forward. PreserveCast started as a brainstorming idea here at Preservation Maryland about ways in which we could engage a broader and more diverse audience on a regular and sustained basis. I've been a huge podcast fan uh, for years, long before it was cool or Serial took the nation by storm, and I always thought preservation needed a voice on the podcast airwaves. Seed funding from the National Center for Preservation Training and Technology, a unit of the National Park Service, got the podcast off the ground in early 2017. That funding was joined by additional gifts from the Historic Preservation Education Foundation and the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And like most nonprofit ventures, we stitched together what we could, did some Googling to learn about audio recording, and we got rolling. We made the decision early on to try and release an episode per week, something we, or should I say I, learned later on was a grueling schedule. It's required a tremendous amount of focus, planning, and scheduling to make our guests, recording engineer, and my schedule line up. We've also worked hard to find high-quality guests to interview who we felt spoke to an important or unique aspect of preservation. The focus of the podcast was initially the intersection of preservation and technology, the requirement of an early grant. But as that funding ended, we broadened our focus and began more closely to examine the stories behind the people who make preservation possible. Although we may be a bit biased, we think that over these past 100 episodes, we may have gathered the largest audio archive of interviews of contemporary preservationists ever assembled. We didn't plan on attempting to create an oral history of preservation in the 21st century, but we may have just done that. We've also created a snapshot of the issues facing our field, from affordable housing to drones to autonomous vehicles to the ever-present challenges of funding for important projects. There have also been several broad and universal themes we've accidentally uncovered over the course of these 100 episodes. First and foremost, almost to a person, we have learned that the love of history and preservation was sparked at an early age and generally because parents took their children to historic places an important reminder for parents looking to inspire their own children with a love of the past. We also learned that although most guests love history, they never expected to become preservationists. As the field becomes more professionalized and preservation is seen as a career option, that may change, but it's important to remember that most people have fallen into this field, and that suggests that we can always convert non-preservationists to the dark side. In nearly every interview, we also uncovered the fact that our guests deeply love their work. Sure, it can be a job with its own challenges and issues, but there's a profound passion for preservation in each of our interviews. It's as if preservation is less a career and perhaps more a calling. In terms of the nuts and bolts of producing a weekly podcast, we've also learned it's complex to produce high-quality audio, and it takes real and ongoing commitment. For a small nonprofit, that's a huge challenge and one that has required ongoing support from our entire team. Because podcasts are still new, In the eyes of many funders and sponsors, we've also had an extremely difficult time in monetizing this effort, and we've struggled to keep the podcast financially sustainable. After our initial grant funds ran out, we reached out and appealed to many funders, but we've fallen short on that front. Selling a new idea and new concept is difficult. 
We've also haven't been nearly as successful as we'd hoped in converting listeners to members and donors. We have lots of fans, including you, and we're extremely grateful for our listeners, but in a world of free content, it's difficult to convert downloads to dollars. Speaking of downloads, we've just recently crested 21,000 downloads. Geographically, listenership is broad-based and scattered around the country with just 30% of our listeners in Maryland, which is a major achievement for a state-based organization. We've developed a national listenership and reached a very wide and diverse audience for which that we are also very proud. So where does this leave us and where are we headed moving forward? Good question. Like all nonprofits, we have to weigh our return on investment in every program we run. For PreserveCast, the difficulty in making the podcast financially sustainable has given us, and me as the executive director, a bit of pause. But on the other hand, we've built something unique that is growing daily and is putting preservation in the conversation in an arena where it was previously non-existent. So fear not, we're not giving up yet. And perhaps some big funder is listening and will give us the financial boost we need to take this effort to the next level and really invest in this work. But if that funder has already skipped ahead or hit pause, we'll need a more realistic plan. That plan, as we've currently conceived it, is to reduce the number of episodes, but to continue the effort and sustain our high-quality audio production and interviews. We're weighing all options, but currently looking at a monthly release schedule to keep our toes in the podcast world, but reduce our financial and scheduling workload. We hope that even though we may release less content, you'll stick with us and continue to listen, share, and tell your friends about this project. And if you've enjoyed these past 100 episodes, I also hope you'll consider making a year-end gift to offset our significant expenses in bringing you this content. Think of us as your preservation Netflix. Even a one-time $20 gift would go a long way. You can make a simple online donation at presmd.org, where you can hit the donate button in the upper right corner. Before I sign off for 2018, I figured it was time also to reveal my favorite historic site, and boy, is that a tough question. Now I know how our guests feel. But just like our guests, I have to come up with an answer. So here it goes, and please don't judge me. As a young boy, my parents, like many guest parents, took me to historic sites. Growing up in Buffalo, New York, I went to Fort Niagara, a place I later worked, historic cemeteries, neighborhoods, and museums. But a place that will always hold a special place in my heart is Genesee Country Village. It's a reconstructed village, something similar to Old Sturbridge or Williamsburg, and something that some preservationists look down at their nose at and derisively call a building petting zoo. But for me, as a young boy, it was a magical place. Going there, whether with family, on a school trip, or later as a teenage Civil War reenactor, I connected with the past and felt as if I was stepping back in time. It was and remains a powerfully evocative place for me, filled with buildings saved from the bulldozer's blade. As a kid, I would pore over images of the village in a book I borrowed from the library on a regular basis, and perhaps it was those images that drew me to preservation. Today, when I still need a boost of enthusiasm, I take a look at those buildings and remember what, in part, inspired me and my love of the past and my passion for preservation. I hope that in a similar vein, PreserveCast has provided you with some inspiration and has reminded you of what called you to preservation. Signing off for now, until we talk again, this is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's show, notes, and all previous episodes, visit PreserveCast.org. You can also find us online at Facebook and Twitter at PreserveCast. This program was supported by the Historic Preservation Education Foundation. 
PreserveCast is produced by Preservation Maryland in Baltimore City. Thanks again for your support, and remember to keep preserving.